This is Azalea Podcast. It's your boy Titus, and today we got Archie Carter in the building. My boy, yes, how sir. you feeling, sir? I feel good, man. How you? I'm good, man. I cannot complain. I thank you for coming, man. Oh, uh, no problem. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. I thank you for the merch. You can't. He came bearing gifts, y'all. He he came with <laughs> some new day. He came with some new day out here. Dad gonna got my my main guy, Big E, out here. Put him first. We got the merch right here. That's what you do. Got the shirt. Well, I'm a fan you know? of the podcast, and I saw something in your loot interview, and I was like, okay, attention to details. Mm. I'm a big details guy, and we gonna, it's something else in the loot interview I'm going to get to, too, so we're going to have a good time today. Okay, okay. I'm all <laughs> for it, man. I'm all for it. How have you been? How has the um, coming into the new year been for you? I've been boots to the ground, um, starting my uh, convention loop. Um, mm. As far as with the anime conventions, performing, cosplay, panels. And that actually started last week um, in Concord. Mm. It's a big convention in Concord they have every year. Mm-hmm. And that's normally like the start of the loop for me. So, mm. so I get like a full year of, you know, activity through uh, the lane I'm in. So, mm. yeah. yeah, so we working already. Yeah, yeah. That's that's great, man. Getting off to a great start. You have a um interesting story because um of course we met through DM through the as of late um Instagram. Right. And you reached out in regards to doing the um podcast. And it really came down to timing really because right when you followed me, I I had followed you back when I did the um shout out to God, um, the God interview. I'd followed you from um him because uh, i don't i don't know if you you guys must have some kind of relation being from the are you from yeah, the like um you stay on the east side or i've worked with a promise um, okay that's how i found the podcast um through a verb okay a promise i saw verb i say you here. you follow a lot of east side i was about to claim you for a minute man <laughs> nah, I'm, uh, I'm from new orleans originally. i know i, I know. born and raised new orleans um but I have been working with Primus, and I'm a fan of his. Mm. So then when I went down as of late wormhole, I saw people who I admired and was fans of. Mm-hmm. And I said, man, this, this Titus guy must must be somebody. <laughs> somebody you need <laughs> He to, must be all right. Somebody at least worth talking to. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's a lot of people that I admire, respect, and that are talented that have sat in this seat behind this mic. And I was like, man, let me... Let me see what I got to do to be one of those people. Um, mm-hmm. And you hit me back, and here we are. But, uh, yeah, I'm originally from New Orleans. I, I moved to Charlotte early 2000s. Mm-hmm. When, um, and I had no idea what I was doing or where I was at. Uh, my first crib was off of uh, Sugar Creek. Okay. And um, mm-hmm. it was Tom Hunter Road back then. Mm-hmm. It's called Prospect Drive now, I believe, but uh, that was my first uh, crib. So I was in the Hidden Valley area. Mm, North Charlotte. I was like, man, this is, is, I don't know, but we're going to make it work. (laughs) We're going to make it work. Yeah, uh, man. Yeah, so, but um, I've been in Charlotte, in between Charlotte and New York now for the past maybe five years. Mm. But I know more about Charlotte now than I do about New Orleans. So mm. I don't know if that makes me from Charlotte or not. So. Wow, that's crazy. Well, as far as the city and, you know, because after Hurricane Katrina, a lot changed. Yeah, yeah. And I was here and I just learned more about Charlotte and other cities I lived in from 
moving around and you know with the profession I was in at the time. Mm-hmm. Makes perfect sense. Yeah, but Charlotte's home. You know, I said in, in one of my songs a while ago, um, New Orleans is Charlotte. No matter how you flip it, I'm a hornet. Mm. You know, little play on words. But yeah, 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 yeah. For so. sure, for sure, for sure. I like that. I like that. And and salute to um, you reaching out from you know salute the promise, man. Salute the people that um had have done the podcast prior to you that was able to get your attention to reach out man, right. in, in that sense. Because when you reached out, of course, I started to do my research and um, I was like, OK, this is something even before you had because um, you kind of like you gave the resume a little bit like, yo, bro, like just getting you a little bit like uh, we'll get into the. Re- I don't want to say all that you do <laughs> right now because we're about to get into it. But you you gave me a little brief resume like what you did and i was like yeah i'm I'm already peeped game to what you did because like i did my research myself and it was like this would be something different for the podcast because nobody is in the multiple lanes that you're in that i've interviewed yet usually it's just one one field and um they're a master of that but you've done a good job of wearing different hats and being a master at all of the hats that you're wearing. So I commend you at that as well. Cause that takes, that takes a lot of um, discipline for starters it, it and patience and self belief when things aren't working. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. But uh, yeah, man, I've, uh, I remember the message I sent you and I was like, I just think it'd be cool that a kid from New Orleans who raps in Japanese that worked in radio and TV for 10 years would be a good conversation. Mm-hmm. I was like, that was my elevator pitch. Yeah. <laughs> it worked. I'm here. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. No no pitch needed, though, on that because, like, and funny enough, I was I was talking to my nephew who watches the show and he's a fan of it, and um, I was telling him I was interviewing you, and um, I was like, um, do you know this dude named Archie Carter? And he, he knew... <laughs> He was like, man, I don't know a lot of people, and he's like 19. And he was like, man, I don't know a lot of people that that does what he's doing in the sense of like being able to rap like how you're rapping in two different languages. You know, you might get Spanish every now and then with a cat, but Japanese like that, yeah. and then crossing over into different lanes that how you're trying to do it um, in the city anyway for his generation. He was like, man, I don't, I don't know nobody like doing it like that right. and so it was it was even more doper to see not just me but then get a co-sign from like the younger generation as well that fuck with you you don't even know yeah, yeah. you know shout what i'm saying and so nephew, man. shout out to the younger generation as well yeah because i said i moved to the charlotte early 2000s so my musical journey started when betty grind was around mm-hmm. jers was around tavares and sharifa like these are names that's like it's cemented in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, for sure. Royalty, um, King Carter, before the baby. It was it was a whole and that was the not competition, but that was the class. Yeah, like, that, that was the class you were around. That was the class I was around and you know what they was talking was 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 different. I was like, Okay, I got a interest in music, but you know, I don't wanna do what they're doing. Even now, we talk about the class, we talk about promise. We talk about Verb, we talk about De Niro, Luke, you know, all these people. So I had to find a space for myself because after Verb raps, De Niro raps, Luke raps, and all these people rap, mm-hmm. what am I going to say? <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what else is there left to be said? Mm-hmm. Um, but I had got to the mindset of, okay, I want to do this, but I want to do it my way. My interest in 
the Japanese culture came because I um I never planned on visiting Japan. Mm. I was planning on moving there mm. years ago. So that's when I started learning language. And they had a, a earthquake, real bad earthquake, to where as I was like, man, I need to kind of weigh my options on this because something happens over there. So the move never happened. Mm. And it's been on my mind, like, man, you still can do the music and the album and whatnot. So when I did the album last year, um, the Tokidoki album, like that's the album in J Japanese, it really opened doors and doors a lot quicker than I imagined. Cause mm. like I said, I'm a year in and I already got like a convention run going. Yeah. And it starts every January. So this is like my second round into it. So mm. yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. It's fun. You know, that's yeah. the thing about it. it's fun. And it's, it's an all-inclusive bag with with people, and you, you you see people from all over. And even with it, one the one starting in Concord, a lot of people don't even know about it. Mm. Yeah, it's called Ichiban Con. It's like a four-day conference, and it's a huge deal. Mm. But if you're not in it, you wouldn't know. So. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah, and that's and that's I've heard of that one because um, I really only heard about it about about a year. No, like somebody told me about it last year. That was my first time hearing about it. Yeah, it's a big and, deal. Um, before that, it was one that I would go to that was in Charlotte. Um, that it was they used to have it. They used to have it like in the university era, actually. And um, it wasn't as big as that. Right. That that was my first one. That was my first time going to the um, Ichikan one last year. Mm, okay. and I was so like, it's cool. The the one in Raleigh. Was where it started at for me. It was like I was actually in Virginia Beach and doing another event, and I got an email saying, "Hey, we want you to come to." It's called Galaxy Kind. Yeah. I didn't know. Mm -hmm. The year before it was like thirty thousand people mm. over the weekend, and I was I didn't believe the email when I saw it because I was like, "No way, my first gonna be the bar is set high." Mm -hmm. And we did it. We got uh, booked for three shows over two days, mm. twenty thousand people, and I was like. We in it now. Yeah. So and that was that was the start. But like I said, my my beginning in Charlotte was early two thousands, and um, I was here. I didn't know many people. Um, and I met my man Tony Romeo, and at the time he was working at Hot Nine Two Seven, and I just was like a, a young kid. I was like, man, radio station, cool. I didn't know anybody, and I met him through my sister, and for me, just hanging around him, I got I started to learn about. Radio, because I was in school mm. to be an architect. Okay. <laughs> so I learned about radio, and I just became, like, fascinated with it, sound and, and sonic, because I can read and write music. Mm. And I just started learning the production side of it. And one day, um, DJ Stretchomatic was like, I don't know what you're trying to do, but if you want a job, I got one for you. Word. And I was like, all right. <laughs> bet. That mm. led to, like, a 12-year career in radio. Wow. Doing radio production, um, on their personality, marketing, that side of things. And that led to film mm. and production, um, which got me to New York. Mm. I was living all over the place, moving around, and that's what launched it. And I was like, man, I've done all this stuff for all these people. I can do this for myself. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember Brian Williams, one of the guys, he said, uh, sweat equity. If you understand what sweat equity is and you put in the work, then you can do whatever you want to do. Mm. And I started, that's when I started my media company um, and the 25 Karate School um, 
website and brand and all that. But all that comes from my days in radio. Mm. Hot Sticky Summers, the CIAA, mm, running, running yeah. that old Charlotte Mentos, <laughs> Breakfast Club, Liquid Lounge Loop, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the spots that don't exist. Club. The, the spots don't exist no more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Crush, uh, Time. Throwback. Like, that was my era. But I wasn't even supposed to be in some of these places. I wasn't old enough. Mm-hmm. But I was like, let me go. And I got there and I learned. I saw so much. And I was like, man, I think I really can do this. And uh, it was a point in time I was going to move to Atlanta. And I always tell people, be mindful what you tell people because your words can either encourage or discourage somebody, right? Yeah, Black I and agree. white magic, you know, spelling, spell, if you subscribe to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alvin Stowe, um, rest in peace. He t- I was going to move to Atlanta. I had all my stuff packed. I was ready to go. He said, the only thing between where you are and where you want to be is time. Mm. But then he followed that up by saying, no matter where you light a candle, it's going to shine. And I take that with me everywhere I go. Mm. Because I could have went to Atlanta, and we know that Atlanta music scene is so big that my candle might shine, but there's so many other candles around me and so many bigger candles, you might not see my little light. Mm. But I took that, I stayed in Charlotte, and that's what kind of guided me to the, the, the the where I'm now, so yeah, I feel like it was a great decision in the, in the sense because you you have a city, and not to say that that like I'm a I'm a true believer of what God has for you is for you, and so like who's to say if you went to Atlanta, that light would have um begin to get bigger as 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 you did that, but I feel like the lane that you're in here. Um, <clears throat> it fits for the rise of the city that you're in. Right. You know, I feel like that was that was a plus for staying here because as you continue to grow and had the confidence of putting this stuff out, the city has continued to grow as well. Right. And so I feel like you're and you're in your own lane in doing that. You know. Yeah, I got and how it. you're doing it. I got into the space. Um, it was a guy named uh, Poon P. We call him Japanese Jigger. Because in Japan, he's that dude. He the one. Like he had. He just. He just recently did Rolling Stone Japan. Like mm-hmm. he's covered. He's in there. He has his own brand deals. I just saw the other day he has a brand deal with Lacoste. Like he has, you know, the Lacoste logo here and his logo here. Like he's mm-hmm. official. Yeah. Um. We did a song with him through MySpace mm-hmm. <laughs> ten years ago. Yeah. And that song up until last year was my biggest streaming song. And I told my cousin, I'm like, man, we, everything we do does well overseas. Mm-hmm. And that's when I learned the world is bigger than what you see and where you are. Like your radio mm-hmm. station isn't the only radio station. Yeah, So we sure. would do these big numbers over there. Um, so I was like, man, let's make music for that. Mm. Which is hard because you want to perform it like, but it's over there. It's no space over here. Um, mm-hmm. So we did that. That song just, it never died. It's like 10 years old and it still has life. Um, and I followed this guy named Mega Ran. Mega Ran might be, like the lane I'm in, there's a, there's a title people put on, they call it Nerdcore. Mm. I don't know if you heard of that. It's called Nerdcore Rap. And he is like, again, the Jay-Z of that. I followed his blueprint for years because he he was like, the first when you're the first you take the bumps the bruises like he mm. was he had like uh he was a teacher 
and his music just started moving so well, he stopped teaching and became a rapper full time. Mm. I followed him and how he did things, and I saw that it was possible, so I just kind of followed him. So Mega Ran and Poom P and Max B. So kind of way Max B's in the story. <laughs> Wave. I was, uh, I, was, I was doing the beef he had with like Jim Jones and them, right? Mm-hmm. They were um, clowning him because they were saying, oh, Max B gets like $1,300 a show, something along those lines. Max B said, well, I do 10 shows a month. So if I'm working ten times a month, I'm making like thirteen grand. Mm-hmm. It's not nothing to really sneeze at. No. <laughs> um, so that's when I start looking into anime conventions and how Mega Ram move, but also Tech Nine. Like I said, I pay attention to details. Tech mm-hmm. Nine, he does the same loop of shows like every year. Yeah. But it's cities and places that people don't go. Mm-hmm. So when Nina shows up. The city shows up. Yeah. And if you know anything about Tech Nine, Tech Nine is one of the wealthiest musicians, yeah. independent. Like he has got fact, his own label, factories, warehouses. He's a machine. Yeah, for sure. So these are the things I see, but also coming from a radio background, I'm on the other side of it. Like I mm. know what works, or at the time what works, because so many things have changed. I know what people look for. I know what peaks interest. I, I I've got it from both sides. And I was like, let me try mm. so we put out a um, project um again trial and error we put out our first project 2006 um it did very well but i had to learn about currency exchange and money and like mm. oh man so then trial and error trial and error and that's why i say the you have to have the belief when things aren't working that it will mm. so i follow these guys i follow their paths what they did with it and i was like man 1300 ain't bad a show if I could get 10. Yeah, for sure. So then I see all Mega Ran did or does is conventions. He's always on tour, but I noticed it was always a convention involved. That's when I started doing the research and I realized it's not a convention season. It's always conventions going on. Like, yeah. There's so many anime, cosplay, Comic-Con conventions going on and I was like, I realized it's not many rappers there. Because I did mm. GalaxyCon last year. I was the only rapper there. Yeah. And um, I said, I think I could create a space here. So I started digging and digging and building, building relationships with people, talking, asking, figuring it out. And that's how we created the loop. And like I said, it started last week, and we're going to run it again and run it as often, as many yeah. years as we can. But Keep getting it. And uh, yeah, so it, it's exciting, man. Um, but there's another side to the conventions too, because when you go to these conventions, you see people in their like natural elements. Right? Mm-hmm. This is what they like. They'll spend their last money on it. They're gonna commit to it, but then they have to go home at some point. Yeah. To where they're the weird person, or they're the the person people look at sideways. Why do you like that? Or mm-hmm. you know they have to hide their like sexuality. They have to hide who they really are. But at these conventions, it's their time to be free. So it's like a double double sided coin, man. But the end of conventions is always sad because mm-hmm. this is the only time you see people like you. Mm-hmm. You might this is the only time you're gonna see your friends. Like it's yeah. like man, and I realized that's truly being themselves at that. Yeah, moment. Th- through the internet, I've met people. That I've never met in real life, but they support me like 
Like I'm their favorite. Mm. And that makes it, it you have to have a different kind of set of glasses on in, in these days because you never know where the support's going to come from. Mm-hmm. You never know where the the hit, if you're looking for the hit's going to come from. You don't know. So you got to kind of check a bunch of boxes. Yeah. And, you know, that gets tiring sometimes. But if you're creating for the right reasons, it's going gonna, it's gonna to land. Yeah. It's going to land. But um, you have to, like I said, do the work when it's not working, when it's not fun, when you are tired. When your post got two likes, when the song only got <laughs> yeah. 22 listens, and you're like, yo, this this is the one I thought. But then I have a song from 10 years ago, who's, which is my number one streaming song still. So, But you never know. And with, with technology and TikTok and social media, like I think about what Jay-Z said often, as you can tell I'm a big Jay-Z fan. <laughs> um, you only got to be right one time. That's a fact. And I'm right in what I decided to do. I'm just trying to be writer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Trying to make the right even more um, crisp in a, in a sense, because I think you going through that trial and error and then finding a the lane, um, even that, even how you were just speaking just now about just like the, the, the market when it comes to the convention market, that's, that's, that's a market that's not really tapped into you see it like i've seen like a couple of new generation cats of course going to them in a sense like when mm-hmm. you know being cool for a rapper to go to a convention sauce walker goes to anime conventions yeah but as far as in your in what right. you're talking about performing, performing yeah like i have i have yet to see that up until the point that you're talking about with yourself right. and so but that takes somebody like yourself taking the courage to do that right. and and checking off everything when it comes to all right well has has this lane been tapped into yet in that has every stone been unturned you know in that market like you said if you get in the two lights here um where can i get the lights somewhere else where maybe this isn't my market you know i tell people that all the time i see it my end of year stuff how they do with the spotify's and like the youtubes i told people my biggest market wasn't <laughs> wasn't here in the united states when it came to my, like getting my views i right. got people that was watching it in russia I got people that was watching it in like Europe, like the right. Europe areas where where hit me the most. Spotify, it was like Switzerland, like it was cats listening <laughs> to it. I don't know people over there, right. like I know people in like England, but I don't know people in that market. But that was that was my biggest listening market because I don't know if it's because I'm talking about hip hop, local hip hop stuff. But they're intrigued about that. They're they're fiending for that. The like the European people, and so with that, I say like. There's plenty of markets that you can tap into if, if even if you're you may not get the 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 one yes that you're looking for there. But like you said, Jay-Z, all you need is one. One you be and, right one time. And that, that Spotify wrap up is cool, but I think it um it's kind of tricky because I was having this debate with a friend of mine. He had uh, like a million view, a million streams, mm-hmm. but like it was like a million streams, a million people. And I had, I, I, I came in right under a million last year, but it was like maybe 20, 30,000 listeners. And I was trying to explain to him, my million and your million aren't the same. Mm. You had a million people listen to your music one time. Mm. I had 20, 30,000 people listen again and again and again mm-hmm. so what has the more most value mm, yeah like if you're not building quality if you're not getting a repeat customer because that's that's what it really is right because if you have a streaming service you're paying for a service your customer if you don't have people coming back to it mm-hmm. what good is it 
Yeah. And it's like, I think that, and everybody posts these numbers. I'm like, man, it looks great. Mm -hmm. But if you open a restaurant and sold one plate, I'm out of business. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but if you keep selling plates every every day, a few thousand to the same people, you, you it's good business. And that's one thing we try to do good is good business. Mm. Um, my cousin, which is my partner, he always tells me, when people book you, they know they can book you and not worry about anything. Mm. Because it's a certain level of professionalism mm. that you still have. I remember my man Dice hit me up. He's like, what you doing? I was like, I'm working on the EPK. He's like, electronic press kit? He's like, yeah. I was like, yeah. He said, people still do those? I said, I do. Mm. Because I still have like that old school mentality about the business side. I'm not going to just send you a link. I'm going to send you the press kit mm. and everything you have access to. Um, now I recently had that happen with me and um, Ibrahim from uh, Dreamville. Yeah. So what happens is... And I'm, I'm talking to my cousin. I'm like, man, it bothers me um, how I can't get in touch with some people in the city. Mm. But I know people who are so much busier who respond. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if it's more of a they're just doing a job thing. They mm. respect my time. They respect what I do. I don't know. Mm. But they respond. I reached out to um, him about um, Dreamville Fest. Mm. He responded to me. In like 40 minutes. Yeah. Less than an hour, I received a, a message from the partner in Dreamville and J-Ville's ma uh, J. Cole's manager, but homie down the street won't even answer my phone call. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, that just, it just made me feel like the level of professionalism is a reason why some people don't really cross over that bridge sometimes. Yeah. Because you still have to have that level of professionalism. And, have your things in order. And the reason I really started the whole um, Toki Doki Sunflower Session thing um, I started doing is because I was trying to work with La Russell mm. out in a, in a Vallejo. Yeah. And uh, I was trying to be a part of, like, his last um, concert series thing at his house for the year. Yeah, the good but company thing. I didn't have any content ready. Mm. So I was like, I got to build this thing quick and fast. I just happened to have the convention stuff. Happen to have a spot where I can go shoot, and I built the sunflower sessions, and I, I'm I laid it out a certain way so it could be categorized and seen, and that's why I started doing what I'm doing now. Mm. Um, and I was in talks with him, not like deep dive conversations, but mm. yeah, I was, and La Russell was the reason I even started doing that. And um, like I said, so I got in contact with La Russell, Dreamville partners, and it's like I said, the homie down the street. That's why when you hit me back and you was it was straight to it, I was like, okay, he do good business, or at least he's responsive. Mm -hmm. But some people don't respond to nothing. Yeah, yeah. It's like um, I, I ran into that problem with Elevator J. <laughs> 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 it was on me though. It wasn't yeah, Jay. Yeah. It wasn't Jay. Cause I hit Elevator J up about doing a song, man, mm -hmm. and uh, he responded, and I never responded back. Mm. And then I responded back like five years later. <laughs> and I was like, "Well, that elevator has gone." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes it happens, man. It happens to the best of us because I mean, there's plenty. And and with me just being somebody who, because I'm I, I'm in the same mind frame like how you are. Like it's it's plenty of scenarios where I've reached out to cats that'll be like in New York or Atlanta and be like, Hey, I want, can you help me with this collab? Or can you help me with this when it comes to sponsorships or something like that? And they'll reach out quicker compared to somebody that's in my own backyard. 
And so I think part of the reason when it comes to how I um, how I respond to people is that I want to treat people the way I want to be treated. Right. Because I, at the end of the day, the same people you see on the same on the way up is the same people you see on the way down. And you and never so, know who who's going to respond. I remember exactly. I was a Twitter monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a good Twitter like I said, run. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, again, attention to details. Um, this was when Twitter. When someone would post a tweet and it would say from mobile or from desktop. Mm-hmm. And I got in contact with so many people because when I saw from desktop in my mind, that person is sitting somewhere and they stationary. Mm. So they, they got time to respond. Mm-hmm. So it's three people that I really admired in media and music. One was Poompi, who I worked with. The other one was Megaran, who I've worked with. And the third one was Nardwar. Mm. I hit Nardwar up through Twitter, through from desktop. He responded. And then I got the Nardwar song and everything I got going on with that. So, mm. again, it's the details. And Nardwar actually did a TED Talk. Uh, he said people ask him how does he get these interviews. I mean, going back to like the eighties, he's interviewed everybody. Yeah. And all was a monster. Yeah, he a beast. He said, I ask. And it's like, I just ask. But I also have to be prepared for the answers if somebody wanna do it or not, and I have to do my part. And a lot of people won't ask. Mm-hmm. We live in a time where there's a lot of assumptions. We're mm. gonna assume yeah, X, Y, Z. I don't know. I don't know what that is. Like, so if you you'll be surprised what you get when you ask, and you know you have to ask the right way. Again, timing is important too. I agree. But just ask, and I was like, that's it's kind of simple, mm-hmm. but we don't we we make things bigger than what they got to be sometimes. Yeah. And I, I always took that from him. So I ask, man. I'm I'm an asker. Like when I was in New York the first year there, I again Twitter. Man, I'm gonna have to get back on Twitter, man. My Twitter run was incredible. <laughs> it was uh, I don't remember it was the Grizz or dot com, one of those two. It was on on um, Thirty Rock, mm. uh, actors on Thirty Rock, and I ended up at the Thirty Rock rap party. Mm. Just asking. I mean, maybe part of it's my curiosity as a person, but I just ask, and if it's something I want to know, I try to learn about it and you know ask questions. I've never been afraid to ask the question because if I don't know, I don't know. Yeah. So there's no this says no stupid questions or answers or whatever however yeah. that saying goes but yeah you can ask man and pay attention to the details but don't ask and not be willing to do your part because you gotta do your part too yeah so mm-hmm. I completely agree and and have humility with it you know and like and part of that like you said you ask I think um you made a good point in saying and don't make assumptions. Because mm-hmm. I feel like that's half of the battle where like and, and I've gotten that with certain people just in the city alone. Like I've gotten certain um certain certain DMs and it'd be like, Hey man, like, yo, what's good? Like just just coming off very abrasive automatically, just like, yo, when we gonna do this? And it's just like, bruh, I don't know you. And not in that not in that regard of like, you know, I I know everybody's doing their thing in the sense of like music, but I don't know you as a person enough right. to come off me so abrasively as you're coming off. Like, let's have a good, like, like how you came. Hey man, what's up? My name's so, you know, give me an intro. I think, 
I and that's one thing that I do with myself. Like I don't never assume people know anything about me. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't care if I got as of late. I don't care. I treat every person like this is their first time meeting me. Like right. you don't know nothing about my past. You don't know nothing about what I'm doing. You know, when I when I'm when I'm going to like events and stuff like that, unless it it comes up about certain things when I'm doing, I don't even tell people I'm doing a podcast. Right. Like this is tightest. I'm like yo, and then somebody may be like, hey, like yo, as of, but I don't I don't do that because I want it to be in the mind frame of something organic like an organic back and forth and then if the if the opening is there for it right. then i'll present that but i feel like you made a good point of that that's one thing that a lot of people do is assume that somebody knows what you got going on charlotte is a lot bigger than what people think and mm-hmm. and just because like somebody may know what you're doing in plaza midwood someone in the outskirts in pineville may not know anything about you yeah and so, like, you got to treat it like that, you know, and, and that's one thing I've done. Like, I treat everything where it's like, and I think that's where the asking comes easier for me as well, because I look at it like, what's the worst thing they're going to do? Right. Just say no or just ghost me? Like, you know, so. And it has to make sense. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. It, the ask has to make sense. Perfect example. I know, um, I know Denaro outside of music. Mm. I know Promise inside of music. Those are different relationships. And Promise actually, um, we have a song together called Big. And it made sense in the sense of him featuring on my song, what it's about, versus me maybe featuring on his. Like It has to make sense. Mm. Um, but again, you can't make assumptions. Uh, you ever read The Four Agreements? Uh-uh, no. But that's one of The Four Agreements. It's never assume. Mm. Um, take nothing personal, never assume. Be impeccable with your word and always do your best. That's the four agreements and assumptions are, it's, it's a lot. That's the Achilles heel for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Then like you said, you might be bubbling where you are, but we don't know you over here. Yeah. And it has to make sense. And I think as an artist, if you do have some steam behind you, you just assume everybody in the city knows. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, it just doesn't work like that when it's like I said, it's the candle thing again, right? It's so many candles being lit. Mm-hmm. There's so many flames. Like I don't even know what's what. And I mentioned the class I was in. I don't think any of those people are even involved in music anymore. Because it's a whole new class. Not in the sense of artistry. Like right. we've known um, they going on like executives type stuff. And yeah. So it's like as far as the creative side, it's a whole new class, and it's not a bad class. There's a lot of people out here making really good art and music. Mm. So it's like you can't just assume, but it's like the approach is important. The elevator pitch, if you have it, is important. And having your stuff together is important because the way I move is I have a, a outline of different things, and I could copy paste, drop and drag, and it would still be the same. But it's the same perfect. It's the professionalism, and some people don't need to speak for themselves. Mm. Like I said, having representation is good too. If you know you aren't good with people. Or you don't, you know, represent yourself well. May not be as good as speaking or having conversations. Like you said, some people come off aggressive, abrasive. It's like it's all about the human side. Because at the end of the day, it's people. Mm. Like you can't just come like, "Yo, man, what's up? Oh, oh, he's up. Yeah, it's the approach. Approach is important. Even when I reach out, I try to be. I always start with a greeting. Like greet people, acknowledge what they're doing. I told you I was a fan of the show because I am. Mm. And if you was like, "No, man." Whatever, I, I wouldn't have stopped watching your podcast mm. or not supported. Or guess what? I would have asked again at some point. 
Because I catch him, catch him on the second quarter. He was like, "Yo, I'm booked," mm-hmm. and I was like, "Cool, let me know." Mm-hmm. No, but it's it's timing, man, and it has to make sense. A lot of times we think it's kind of like a, a a football team or roster, and you see on paper, oh, they gonna clean house, mm-hmm. and yeah. then the season come and they like two and fourteen, and the Rams, perfect example. Oof. Man, that's a perfect example. <laughs> on paper, you don't want to play them on paper. Yeah. But at some point, the game got to start, and it has to make sense. So mm-hmm. everything don't make sense. Like I said, would I love to do a record with De Niro? Absolutely. But it has to make sense for both of us. Yeah. So I got, you know, but, you know, and it took a while to get me to that point, too, because it wasn't always that. Like, I probably went, man, you, you know me. I, no, it just has to make sense, so. Yeah, I can I completely agree. Verb on um, VVG said that he made a good point of that because it's um that dude is incredible, man. Yeah, shout like, out shout out to Verb, man. That dude is incredible. Um, and again, it's like these are people I know. I've been to sessions. With. I go to the sessions just to watch because mm. to see him work, like he's special. Him and Primers are both special. Those are two guys that I don't know what the the thing is to get them to the next, but. They hit that peak, man. They out of here because they have it all. Like they have it. It's yeah. just, it's just uh, they gotta get to that point. Like I want to work with Verb. Yeah. As far as behind the music, cause mm. I, cause he markets himself well. He does. Um, and one thing I I'm not stingy with is knowledge. Mm. I took a year or so off to teach myself how to code, how to build. Like I said, I was in school to be an architect, mm. so. Everything media related, I taught myself. I taught myself how to record, mix, engineer, do the graphics, build. I taught myself, and I don't withhold knowledge. Um, it's something I always hear. I've never heard a white person say the phrase generational curse. Mm. I hear that a lot with you know black people in our um, culture. Yeah, um, for sure. And Outside of the metaphysical world, which things are happening, spiritual world, mm-hmm. I realize that a big part of the generational curse, and when I hear it through black people, is just bad information. Mm. Yeah, my you, people perish because of lack of knowledge. If you learn something because your father learned it that way and his dad learned it that way, doesn't mean it's the wrong or right way, but if there's a better way or better information and you come across it, it's your job to spread that, right? So yeah. I've never been one to hold information from people because I've learned that that a part of the generational curse is bad information. I completely agree. And that's just from learning through trial and error. That's from learning that a lot of my OGs and older guys in the neighborhood taught me a lot of wrong stuff <laughs> <laughs> about money, yeah. about emotions, about sex, about... It's like, but they didn't know. Mm, exactly. So I can't fault or blame them. But when I come to the understanding, now I can talk to my nephews or the, the, the younger guys. And it's like, once you get that, but then I can tell you everything. Yeah. What you do with that knowledge, it's totally up to you. Yeah. People ask me all the time about managing and all that. I don't have time to do that because I do everything within. Everything we do is done in-house. Mm. Production, music, packaging, design, everything is done in-house either by me or my left or right hand, which is Swasti 93 or What's the Dice. And mm. it, it, it may go get outsourced occasionally, but everything is done in-house. I don't have the time to commit to somebody else's success, but if I have that information, 
I'll sit with you and talk all day. Yeah, for and sure. give you the game. And if, if you need that, again, if it makes sense, if you can use my thoughts or my knowledge, please do. Because when I go, what I know goes with me. That's a fact. So if I can plant some seeds here and there and you take that with you, cool. But I've never been one to not tell or put people in places where they can have opportunities. Because, again, if it don't make sense for me, it might make sense for him or it might make sense for you. Or next convention, I might say, man, Titus, apply for to, to host a panel. Mm. You go, you talk your podcast. I know you, you knew into the anime, you know, mm. that type of stuff. And I, it doesn't affect me any, right? I'm not doing the panel, mm-hmm. but Titus can. I might not be available that day. They book me, man, hey, Verb, you know, you free? Mm. You know, Jay, you free? And it's just passing that along because a lot of times we just don't do that. And yeah. when you find people that do, it's, it's because I'm not in competition with them guys. Exactly. It's like, and it's a lot of times when people... I was having this conversation yesterday. Somebody was talking about women getting BBLs and all that. And I told him, you know, Andre 3000 said years ago, in the future, you're going to have to go to the museum to see what a woman looks like. <laughs> he said that. And I was like, well, because a lot of women in the physical aspect and a lot of men in the material aspect right now, they're in the invisible competition. And that competition has no prize at the end. Mm. You're going to, what did you win? And it's like, if it's not obtainable or tangible, it's nothing there. And I'm not in competition with these guys. And so I can go to the studios and sit in on the sessions and do this. But one thing about me, I'm a rapper, too. Yeah. I get busy. You, get, <laughs> said, you when, can get busy now. When, when, when we are at the convention, <laughs> the gold teeth and the, you might see the gold teeth and the Jordans is just me. And I'm the only one with it because I'm still a rapper. Mm-hmm. Like, And I still have my, my rapper starter kit or whatever you call it. <laughs> Like, I still have it because a lot of times, you know, I go to the conventions. It's not a, a slight to nobody, but somebody might be up there in a Sonic the Hedgehog t-shirt and a Super Mario hat, mm-hmm. and they're rapping. Yeah. Or they're performing, and that's perfectly fine. It's the yeah. convention. But I'm still a rapper in the sense of I want to look good and feel good, and mm-hmm. I want to be at my best. And I'm not saying that that doesn't work, but just because I can do that, I mean, I'm not, because I still have to represent Myself and my brand and what I'm doing. Because yeah. a lot of times we step in places, I take the jacket off and they see the tattoos and they're like, what are these dudes going to do? Mm. And then when I start rapping and they say, okay, he know what he's talking about. Okay, then I hit them with the Japanese and I just hit them with these different things. They're like, yo, what is this? Mm. It's experience. Everything you do is experience. When you meet people, you experience them. And I just always wanted to be a good experience for people and whatever I do. If it's a good conversation, it's a good show, just be a good experience. And that happened um, at GalaxyCon, actually, in Raleigh. When we got there, the sound man initially was kind of like brushing us off. Mm. And and what and what kind of sense? Just like, well, we I'll got, get to you? Or, we got there. To, <laughs> I recapped this on my uh, One Time at GalaxyCon series. You catch that on YouTube. Um, what happened was we got there a day early. Mm. So I'm like, yo, let's go to the venue and sound check. Mm. See, at least check out the performance space. Yeah. So we get there and the dude sends us across the street. He sends us to the, um, I think it was Kalani and, uh, 
Flo Millie, I believe, was having a concert across the street. Okay. He thought we were there for that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, but I'm going to stay here for a little bit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so we get back over to the venue and we looking for the stage and we, we walk into this time, the Stranger Things, um, into the Upside Down party. Mm. So we ended up there. That's where we ended up the night. And I was like, okay, we'll figure it out tomorrow. So we get to the venue the next day. I feel like I watched this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> When you say, day. I feel like I've see, I seen this on your YouTube. Yeah. yeah, we went to the venue the next day, and I saw a DJ on stage. I was like, cool, they have a mm. DJ. And we went, and I went to talk to the DJ. He was like, well, my set's over at 2.30. We was going on at 3. Mm. And um, he said, uh, I was like, well, what, who's going to play the music? He was like, well, when I leave, I'm taking this setup with me. This is my setup. And I was like, that sound guy's over there. Mm. Sound dude, he was kind of brushing us off. He's like, well, we don't have a setup. We don't have nothing for you to play music on. I'm just here to monitor the sound and speakers and whatnot. And mm. I was like, well, and I'm an over-prepare, right? I had the song, the, the set on a CD, a thumb drive, a hard drive, and I emailed it to myself. Yeah. I was like, there's no way we're going to have any problems. Yeah. We had a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so I talked to the DJ. He's like, well, I can do the set for you if, um, let me let me find a laptop. So he he hustled, and uh, shout out to DJ Animated. He, um, he did a set for us, but we had to do a quick sound check. So... He um was like, he really, sound man was paying us no mind. Mm. He was like, yo, that's your problem. You got your own problem. You got to deal with it. So in my show, I have these different drops. I got drops from uh, Nord War for this particular show. Mega Ram was on there. JTG from Crime Time was on there. Mike Epps was on there. And I had, um, it was in Raleigh, so I had uh, Big Pooh from Lil Brother. Mm. So when I we're going through this and Nardwar comes on, he's like, "Hi, this is Nardwar with Archie Carter." So uh, the DJ was like, "How did you do that?" That, that I was like, "Man, that's really that's him." Like mm. I worked with him. He's like, "Oh man, it's cool that y'all know him." So then I see the sound man making a beeline to the stage. He was like, "What was, was that, Nardwar?" I was like, "Yeah, mm. I, said, I know a few people." Yeah. And then he was like, "I'm him, nigga." <laughs> and he was like, he was like. Who the F are you guys? And should I know you? Mm. And I was like, you're you going to know who we are when we done. Mm. So like I said, when we step into place, and me and my cousin Swasti, he, he like, we like total polar opposites. Mm. He's in like yoga pants. Uh, <laughs> he had on like a Marilyn Manson vest, a Bullet Club t-shirt, and no shoes. Like he, I'm like, and, Bullet Club. And I had on like a Demon Slayer kimono wrapped around my waist with some Stealth 5 Jordans and mm. We don't look like we should be knowing each other. But we got up there, and because maybe he was expecting something else, you know. But we get there. A lot of times we get the looks. But when we get to the, get, get me to the stage, you're yeah. going to know why I'm here. And I know what I'm talking about. So, yeah, and that, that's all part of it. Like I said, making a good impression. Like I said, going back to what Fat Man Scoop said, be memorable. That guy followed us. He keeps in touch with us to this day, and that's a good relationship. The sound guy. Yeah, and a mm -hmm. DJ. Okay. I could have took that. The, how you react to things is, yeah, you is important. Yeah, I could have stormed off. I could have flipped out. I just said, man, I, I over-prepared, so it, this wasn't on me. This was literally the one thing that could have went wrong, went wrong. Mm. But like I said, I didn't flip out. It worked itself out. And those are relationships to have because the DJ, he travels with the convention. And the sound man is the sound man runs the stage. So these are two relationships I built. 
based on me saying not assuming and having a certain level of professionalism and not flipping out because mm-hmm. I could have did that. You know, you said six foot tattoo black man, you was probably expecting a different kind of reaction. Yeah, but we here to work and um, because it's a job, it's professional, and I could have that could have went wrong. We could have stormed out and never performed there again. Yeah, and because when you do try to perform at these conventions and panels and whatnot. A lot of times they ask you, where have you performed? It's kind of like a reference thing. Because mm-hmm. you got to think, you can't be, these conventions are like family oriented. Mm-hmm. Kids here. Yeah, it, that's it's, a fact. It's LGBTQ plus communities here. Like you mm-hmm. can't, they have to make sure you're not going to get up here <laughs> mm-hmm. and make the news headline or really offend somebody. Mm-hmm. One of my biggest memories from the convention was it was a kid. He was dressed as like Fat Boo. Mm. Like he was all pink, <laughs> little little kid. He was a little chubby guy, mm-hmm. and I was like, man, he can't be that nowhere else. Mm. He go to school, he probably get picked on for being, you know, a little bigger than everybody else. But at this convention, his shirt off, he painted. Yeah, and I have a Majin Buu tattoo on my arm. Mm. I chased this kid down. I said, hey, can I take a picture with you? Mm. And he was like, yeah, I just saw you around, whatever. So I took a picture with him, and I flexed my muscle. Mm. My tattoos right here. And his mom, her face dropped. She was mm. like, look. He looked up, and he was all happy. I was like, yeah. So we got this cool picture yeah. of him standing in front of me and me flexing. And that's a memory for me, him, and her. And it's a good, feel-good thing because she wasn't expecting that. He nah. wasn't expecting that. But that's the beauty of, like, the conventions and the space I'm in. Like, the biggest concern I have is somebody hitting me with, like, a plastic sword or something. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I, and I've seen some stuff happen at clubs, and it's like – it's. it's Things happen everywhere, but yeah, for sure. This is people are here because this is the only place they can kind of really be there in, in the moment, so they're not trying to mess it up. Mm-hmm. But there is some things that go left at conventions because yeah. uh, it's people. Yeah, I mean, people gonna be people. You ain't gonna have no purpose, perfect scenario. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but that kid was, and I know, you know, and I, that was a memory for him, and like I said memory for everybody. But like I say, be a good experience. I may or may not see that kid again, but we got that moment, and that's what it's about creating those moments and having things to look back on. And like I said, who my cousin was like, man, that kid's going to be, he's going to remember that forever because mm-hmm. he watched you perform. And like I said, I chased him down to get a picture. So mm-hmm. this was cool, man. It's a lot of cool things happening, cool people, be it the spaces I'm in that I don't look like <laughs> I necessarily yeah. belong in. But I'm getting more into the dressing up cosplay side of it, so. That's what's up, man. That's a beautiful thing. When did, because, you know, you talk about that that moment that you have with that kid, that that kid will remember, the mother will remember, you'll remember. Um, you know, when did you get into a mind frame yourself? Because, you know, we're a, little, we're a younger generation to where um, you see the, the popularity of what's going on now mm-hmm. when it comes with cross prey, when it comes to anime and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And, you know, we were around a time frame. I would, I, I'm just estimating you're probably around my age bracket to where like, you know, that wasn't the biggest thing to be like popularized to no. where it's like you, you come from a, you know, the evolution of you as an artist. When did you build that confidence to where like, yeah, man, I, you know, I do like still being swaggy at the same time, you know, like wavy, like mass people that, you know what, at the same time, I do like anime. I do like this. And I'm going to combine all these to be the artist that I am. When did you get that confidence to realize I can do that in my own lane? We did a project about 12 years ago called the Plu Tape. Mm. And people have told me that that is a perfect piece of music. It's a classic. People have 
the first thing I've ever been associated with the word classic was this tape called the Plu Tape. And what it was, we were working with a guy. And at this time, like he was so left and abstract with his production. He was doing like the bumps on, um, what's it called? Uh, Adult Swim. Mm. So a lot of his music sounded like that. And yeah. we just, let's do a tape. So a lot of that was video game references, mm. wrestling references, um, big into the wrestling scene. And then it just kind of elev- um, moved on to, evolved to the anime. But I've been around the anime for since I was a kid. My uncle was a huge, my uncle put me on anime, dance hall, Red man and the Wu Tang Clan. <laughs> it's a heck of a combination. Yeah, I got yeah. I had a good got a good uncle, man, mm-hmm. <laughs> and because uh, he was he was older than me, but at that time that's what he was into. Me being a young nephew, that's what I'm being into too. Mm-hmm. So he was. We would drive from one side of New Orleans to the other side of New Orleans. It was this comic book store by the University of New Orleans, right off the lake. We used to drive like an hour just for him to go get VHS tapes comic books and like that's when I first learned about it and I wanted to like I said I'm, I was in school to be an architect but that comes from me having an art background because mm-hmm. I wanted to you know do art and uh so it was just like man let me see if I can do this and I learned that if you have an audience cater to the audience yeah got that from Lil B Lil B said he was making music for one person because nobody was listening to his music but one, like just one fan that would hit him up. So he said, I'd start making music for one person. Yeah. And he's like, if you don't have a thousand songs, you're not working. So I was like, you know, I said, again, attention to details. You get nothing from me today. Pay attention to the details because the details will tell you things or you can find what you're looking for in the details. Mm. So I just said, okay, we, we have the, the Japanese audience. We have a sound. Let's just fine tune it. And like I said, when I did the Toki Doki album, it really, because I was telling people, I'm going to do an album in Japanese. And it's like, what are you talking about? So I'm going to do an album in Japanese? Like, I don't know how else to explain it. Yeah. So when I started doing it and putting it together, it's like, oh, you really doing an album in Japanese? Mm. That's what I said. Kind of. So. And it just became a thing, but it was more so me just saying, man, I want to be the difference in what I see. Because like I said a lot of the music I heard in the nerdcore space, it was sounded like 1980, the beats, they, the 808s wasn't hitting. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like the drums ain't hitting, they ain't got no claps. They mm-hmm. ain't, it's not, I think people take the nerdcore thing and just say, okay, that's what this is, but it's still rap. Yeah. It's still hip hop. I was like, man, let's fuse the two and make it move. So it was more so like maybe a couple of years ago, I said, I'm just going to get into it and rap to the people I need to rap to. And the, I think the biggest side of the cosplay world is actually like the female aspect. Mm. You have so many cosplayers and these, these people have hundreds of thousands and millions of followers Facts. based on what they do. But everything needs a soundtrack. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, you're going to post your cosplay time-lapse video? I'm making a song just for that. Yeah. So I kind of realized, okay, the songs need to still slap. 
and I need to be able to perform these songs. So I started kind of looking and said, nobody never made a song about this. Nobody never made a song about that. I just did a song called Anime Angel, and it's talking about how you are in cosplay, but I still like you outside of cosplay. Mm. Nobody did that, and it slaps. It's yeah. like so. It's it was more so just me locking down and really saying, you know what? I like. I'm into the anime. I like wrestling, and it's a whole world of people that does that. But if y'all want to rap too, we can rap. Like yeah. I'm gonna get busy. We can get. I can get in there, and you know, <laughs> I've been doing this since like '05. Mm. Like I got. I, I did a mixtape for Jim Jones in two days. Mm. So, like, I can get busy if I, you know, we yeah. need to, and I enjoy it. But as far as the anime thing, they said, you 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 know some about it. I like, I like how you just easily glossed over that, too. Like, I did a mixtape for Jim Jones in two, two days. days. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But my, I, I got, I got a uh, mixtape. It's called um, Good Days, Bad Days, Most Days. Mm. Dwelle's on there. Raheem Devine's on there. It's a uh, Rick Ross, uh, Mac Main, like it's it, it's some people on there. Um, D Woods from Danny the Kane's on there. It's just some like my musical resume is is deep. Yeah, like I said, because that it comes from the the MySpace days in the early two thousands, and mm. it was just you know. But it took a while. Like the phrase, it takes ten years to become an overnight success is a real thing. Because you have to put in the work and find your thing. And when you find that thing, if something works one time, do it again. Yeah. Don't follow the sound. We don't follow the sound. I work when I work when I do a project, it's one producer, mm. one engineer. That way I know the sound I'm getting. I know the quality I'm gonna get. It's not all over the place. Is is if you if something works for you, do that thing. Again and again and again. Again, Jay-Z, you only got to be right one time. Mm. And I think that's the thing that separates us, too, because when, 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 when somebody just performs and, and we come up, we look different, we sound different, the attitude is different. Mm -hmm. Okay, these guys got a presence. Now what they going to say? And it's cool. It's like I'm saying the same thing, just my way. Yeah. Plus I have my, I might go into my New Orleans bounce kind of thing. <laughs> I might... Get into my lyrical miracle Charlotte kind of thing, or just the different places I've been. I've taken a little bit from it, and I'm able to make it work and sound good. And I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, when I get on there. I'm talking about X, Y, Z. Okay, cool. You know what you're talking about. And the beauty of what I do, it doesn't age. Mm. We did Galaxy Kind performing twelve year old music. Mm. I think we only did out of that hour set. Uh, maybe four new songs, and the rest of that was twelve year old music. That's how good music should be. Yeah, and stand the test of time. People said it was classic, so I'm just gonna go ahead and say it's classic. Mm -hmm. But the blue tape, that's because I wasn't prepared for this show. Yeah, and it was a big show, but it never ages. Anime doesn't age. Like I said, that's you know, a fact. the Bible was the biggest book in the world because that never changes. Gospel music lives forever. That's a fact because that doesn't change. Mariah Carey. That Christmas song is going to outlive <laughs> all of us because yeah. it never ages. So if you can do something that never ages but is still new to people, because me posting what I post now, um, Blueface. Blueface said when you get a record deal, if you get a deal, either redo your old music or put it out again mm. because it's new 
to people. They don't know. And a lot of people's best works are their earlier works. So do it again because it's new to people. Yeah, It's new to TikTok. People might know it on Instagram, but it's new to Twitter. It's new to TikTok. And all that stuff plays a part into what you're trying to do. And that's grab ears to get people to get busy in your links and listen to what you're doing. So, yeah, just create stuff that lives and be confident. Because it takes a certain level of confidence to step on some of these stages because these uh, nerdcore, weeb, otaku people, they're serious. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're serious. They're serious. Because even in uh, my, I did a record called Tokyo Dome. Um, it's about New Japan wrestling references. There's a Dragon Ball reference in there. Uh-huh. And I'm like, it's over 8,000 when my Gundam's in flight. So my uh, homeboy was like, why you say 8,000? Because it's 9,000. Say in Japan, it's 8,000. Mm. The details. Yeah. They need to know that I know. He caught it, but I was like, they're going to catch it too. Yeah. So it's, I'd rather them catch it and hear that it's authentic and I know a little something. Yeah, like he know what he's talking about. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, man. You, gotta, you just got to be into what you're into and, and make stuff that just lives. And if it lives, like I said, if you make the right thing, it'll outlive you. Facts. And you don't know what that could mean for your future or people in the future that comes through you. So, and that's all we're here for, like I said, because when you go, what you know goes with you. Yeah, that's 100%, bro, you know. And um, with that, you know, I want to ask more in there because one thing that, that I'm curious about before we, this has been a great interview as well, just getting to know you and um, touching all different aspects from um, – your past and ready like i didn't know the past of radio and mm-hmm. it makes sense in the in the degree of like you who you are now when it comes to like i feel like you've had these experiences with life with um even in the sense of like not even taking um architecture with that degree like mm-hmm. i feel like that's still a mind frame that you've used until like your creation and the aspect of being that kind of that creator type of mind frame is still in you, you just didn't use it with architecture you know right. what i'm saying and so I feel like that's a dope aspect of a discovery that you've discovered in another lane and still building stuff. You know, it's just not buildings. <laughs> yeah, because it's all, everything you do, you're building, right? Mm-hmm. So if you build the right foundation, you have that foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, relationship, if you have a good foundation, things going to happen. But if yeah. you have that foundation, in this building, building music building a brand building a podcast yeah. um it's i had a podcast um we was doing numbers we topped the uh cracked the top 20 on the itunes charts a few times yeah. but the foundation of it it was a little shaky yeah. that podcast didn't work but the foundation of me i kept doing i kept building like i said you build build on good foundations with good people and uh, know that you know everybody ha- everything is give and take is energy i agree everybody um everybody's using we're using each other if we're being honest money is a tool people are tools right yeah. don't misuse people don't overuse people because if somebody has no use for you you're useless right mm-hmm. but um kanye west wrote a book um called thank you and you're welcome that's what it's about. It's about exchanging energies and ideas, and it's about using people but not abusing them because that's what we're here for. Like, I don't know what anybody subscribes to religiously, but, you know, if you're a Christian and you die, God's going to say, uh, well done, my good and faithful servant. 
Mm. Servant. Like, we're here to serve each other and help each other mm. in whatever that may be. So that's why I said, if I could help somebody, I helped them. I learned a lot in my radio one days. Didn't end quite well, <laughs> but uh, that's another story for another day. But I was able to learn, see the opportunity, and see things from different scopes. Um, my radio days were great, and that was when I was young, so I was, I was observant, and I wasn't, I never felt like I knew enough. Mm. And I also felt like I didn't take advantage of the opportunities enough either. So with me doing this, the lane I'm in and creating this space, it was like, okay, I get a chance to do this again. That's kind of like uh, when Goldberg came back to wrestling, he said, my kids never saw me be Goldberg. Yeah, I remember him saying I that. want them to see that. Mm -hmm. um, I think it might have been Diddy, uh, one of those older guys in hip-hop. There's like, at my peak, my kids were kids. Mm -hmm. They never got to see me do that. Mm -hmm. So I want to do that so they can see it. Um, but if you don't have a good foundation or you don't build that thing, you can't do that. And a lot of times you might have to step back and 2 chains it. Mm -hmm. Reinvent yourself. Reinvent. But you're still that thing, but it's new to people. Make it new, make it fresh. Like that's just hitting that refresh button. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we we think things don't work, or we might have a setback, and it's really sometimes you gotta take a step back to 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 to, to see and observe and make the comeback, you know. But uh, yeah, the foundation, the building, the, the um, actually got into the architecture thing. Before that, it was woodworking. Mm. And from woodworking, it was um, a shop class I took in high school that was introduced to me through my art teacher. Because he explained to me, art isn't just drawing. Yeah. It's architecture. It's woodworking. It's, it's, I wrestled in high school. Um, uh, made it to state championships and all that. And all that is, all of it's art, right? Yeah, for sure. All of it is art. And it takes a certain mind to kind of see and even what you do is art mm. because what i feel it ultimately is the saying nothing new there's nothing new under the sun it's true and false right because it hasn't been done the way you do it mm. and it's alchemy bro it's magic because you're taking something that doesn't exist you're taking a thought and making it tangible to people yeah, that's crazy. You're creating in a space like this cup is empty top, filled it up. Now it's there. These podcasts, sounds never dies, right? So sonically, you're creating a space that's here. Like like Carl Sagan made the disc for the aliens. Like the aliens going to hear this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like as a late podcast, they they tripping out on Mars, right? They're like that Titus J, something special. But it's... uh. It's about the creation, man, because mm -hmm. that's all it is. We have the ability to create. And I think as a human being, that's like, I don't know what's greater than that. Even if you don't create art, you can create life. Yeah. You know what I'm we have that ability. It's in us. And it's in you. Like, whatever you're doing on whatever scale, you can draw a stick figure. Somebody might be like, man, that's the greatest stick figure ever. Yeah. 10 million. Mm, but <laughs> 10 million, you know, who, who knows, but <laughs> yep. that ability, you, you cooking, you can that's cook. Art, man. That's, that's, that's chemistry. That's art is whatever. Everybody has that in them. And I think we're here to share that gift. If you tap into it, speaking is an art. I have a gripe 
And I'm going on a rant. A gripe with, <laughs> like, I had a podcast. Mm -hmm. I worked in radio. I know that people go to school for journalism because it's a skill. Yeah. There's a lot of irresponsible media people mm. with podcasts and these shows on YouTube and you being irresponsible with your format, things happen to people because of what they said mm. and what you aired and you didn't have to, but you want to get these views, but now this person locked up. It's like, or killed because of what you said. Yeah. So you have to be responsible with your craft, your art and your talent also, because when you don't, you know, you have things happen. And, this, and like, even with a lot of music now, a lot of this music, these guys are living what they say in these raps. Yeah, you're putting that energy out there, bro. And it, it comes back, man. And you should be able to go back to your old neighborhood. Yeah. You should be able to go have dinner with your girl. Mm -hmm. You should be able to to do these things. But like I said, it, and it's, it's not a slight to anybody. It's just the reality of the world we live in because people are dying. Like, was it what? Triple X? They had like, was it the 21 Club or whatever they called it? And they said they won't they won't be alive till twenty one. Yeah, that's crazy. Cause for for me, it used to be the twenty seven club. Like, and they told me you thirty, you make it past thirty in New Orleans, you were OG. Mm -hmm. Like, and that was just that just was the situations and like the circumstance. That's circumstantial. These guys are just it's different. Like, but um, was it Andy Warhol? I believe one of these guys said that. The music will always let you know the mood of the people. Mm. I think Warhol said all the world's a stage. Somebody, maybe I'm quoting them wrong, said, no, Warhol said everybody will be famous for 15 minutes. Mm. And it's like, that seems to be the thing now because you're going to get your shot. But uh, what you do with that is very important. And like I said, I, I, I live by a motto, spread love, keep it groovy, man. Yeah, for sure. I lay low, I stay out the way. Um, I, I respect everybody. I'm gonna respect you, what you got going on. I'm gonna respect everything around you. I'm not one. I'm not as hot headed as I used to be. <laughs> tell you, cause we were talking about Club Crush. I had a gun put to my head in the parking lot of Club Crush. Mm. But um, yeah. It's and fortunately for me and you, we were able to grow older and realize, dang, that was. I could have went left. Yeah. But like I said, mm -hmm. these guys don't get that opportunity. Like Pop Smoke was what, 21? Yeah, um, I believe so. These guys are young. And if it's not the gun violence, like, you know, Big Scar, which just happened to him. Yeah. It's the drugs. drugs. It's, it's so much, man. It's, it's a blessing to get old and just die. <laughs> yeah. Because you don't hear about people just passing away anymore, transitioning. It's something happened to where they, they, the light switch just got cut off. And it's like, man, that could have been something else. But that's going to lead me back to the loot interview, man. <laughs> We're going to try my bond real quick. You said, uh, I remember I first moved to Charlotte. You said you had uh, got catfished. <laughs> I think that's Stoney. Yeah. Uh -huh. I, um, I first moved here to Charlotte, early 2000s. I met a girl. Mm. Pulled up in Greer Heights. Mm. Greer Town. Man, <laughs> I pulled up into the, uh, to the crib. I call, I'm like, I'm outside. Next thing I know, I just see a shotgun mm. tapping on my window. Mm. He's like, hey, bro, you got to move. You're making my spot too hot. Mm. It, it, by the way, what you got in your pockets? Oh, my God. I got your money in my pockets. 
And I was like, man. It sure was like, boy. Man, I came here to bring you this money. She didn't tell you that? <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I, I saw that interview with you and Luke talking about that. I thought that was funny. But like mm -hmm. I said, again, man, again, that's all how you respond to things. Because again, that could have went left. Yeah. It could have went left. Mm -hmm. And it's, it, that's, that's life. That's the karma thing. That's the good karma. Like when you respond to things. Because I don't think people really understand what karma is. It's not do good, good happens. It's how you respond. Then it comes back to you later. Mm. Again, the good karma at the convention. I could have ruined these relationships. Yeah. But I salvaged them. I built them. Um, that's the foundation. But it's all details, man. But yeah, I saw that interview with you and Luke. I, I've been laughing at that every time. <laughs> <laughs> that's also when I saw the, the Nation of Domination t shirt. And I was like, he got to be into oh, yeah. wrestling oh, yeah. a little bit. I so. wanted to touch that a little bit before we get off of here as well. It's just the, the background of just. Because, you, man, you're touching so many different subjects and you're dropping gems as well. And it's like I said, it's been a great interview. But one thing I wanted to talk about is the era of wrestling that, you know, impacted you, like from the wrestling stages that it's at now. Um, what was what was what was your favorite? Was it was it the ruthless aggression? Was it the attitude era? Like, cause you said nation of domination. That that for me was my era. Was like, like I think the attitude era was like everybody's favorite mm -hmm. because you had WCW, ECW at the time, um, WWF, or E, whatever you call it, mm -hmm. and it was you saw all these stars. And it was like, man, it was always something. Man, I used to go to school. I used to call the wrestling hotlines. Mm. Like, we're, going, we're talking about this. I used to wear the Austin 316 to school. But my wrestling um, would really, my biggest, my memories of wrestling are like kind of current. Uh, I grew up with it. My grandmother used to take my uncle on a bus to go see Junkyard Dog. Mm. You know, Louisiana wrestling is a big deal. We used to go to the. Armories, and I remember seeing like Doink the Clown, Wildfire, Tommy Rich, and mm. all these guys would come. But it's uh, it just man, wrestling for me, I wrestled myself. So aside from the sport of it, it just takes me back to when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And it's like okay, like I, I follow it now. I'm really a big New Japan guy, Kenny Omega. Mizuki, Sazoro, Mizoro, Sanuki, Kota Ibushi, all those guys. I love it. But um, what was happening was attitude era, definitely. But me and my uncle would take, like, guys trips to WrestleManias. Wow. I've been in, like, seven of them. Mm. Um, first one was in Atlanta. Um, I was like, man, we in Charlotte. We ain't doing nothing. We could drive to Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And it was Edge's last match. When he retired, it was that 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 WrestleMania, mm. and uh, my favorite might be thirty. When I I actually saw Brock Lesnar break the streak, mm. like in Lesnar's, it was in New Orleans. It was a no brainer. I had to go home. Yeah, uh, Miami saw Rock and uh, Cena, so it's the memories of it. Um, of course, I have my favorites, but uh, wrestling and it's a, it's a world within the world, man. Um, and you you feel like I went to the Hall of Fame ceremony in Miami. And Tully Blanchard, Ric Flair was crying. Four Horsemen got <laughs> inducted. Mm -hmm. Tully was saying that we spend more time with you guys than our families. That we spend our birthdays with y'all. We spend holidays with y'all. Yeah, always on the road. Yeah, and it's like, so you feel connected to these people in a sense. Um, 
the the the, the reality of it that's up for you to decide the theatrics of it but it's the memories it's the good time because i know when i go to a wrestling show it's gonna be a bunch of people there like me and mm. we just here to have a good time yeah when we go to sports it's a sporting event and um if you have like i said my my uncle has memories of it with my grandmother i have memories of it with him so it's just more of a a, a family thing and like i said attitude ever was definitely i was i was DXing, getting in trouble at school, <laughs> cross chopping. Yeah, I was Austin. I was Rock. Um, best wrestling game ever made, WrestleMania 2000. And I don't want to argue with your mom about it because mm -hmm. I'm going with that. But uh, no, yeah, no debate here. No debate here. I agree. Uh, yeah, 64 WrestleMania 2000. 64, man. That yeah. that that that's uh, Legend of Zelda, Majora's Mask, Golden mm -hmm. Eye. Golden Eye. Yeah, that that was my like Mario Kart. Yeah, Rainbow Road. What's up, man? <laughs> Meet me on Rainbow Road, but. <laughs> And see, all that stuff is memories. I have memories tied to that. Yeah, so for sure. So like it's just good experiences. But at wrestling, man, it's either, either like it or you don't. Mm -hmm. But that era you're talking about, it, it got bigger than wrestling at that time because Austin was huge. Yeah. Rocky was huge. DX was huge. These were people like, and, and they, they crossed paths to different things. So like I said, I have a... a a few things I say I believe where you light a candle is always going to shine. I believe where you start is not where you finish. Mm. And wrestling is a great analogy for that. Rock, the Rock, Dwayne Johnson is the highest paid actor in the world. Yeah, I don't know about Black Adam, but <laughs> <laughs> but and that started somewhere. I didn't mind that movie. On a you side didn't. note, no, I didn't. I didn't mind that movie. Did you, you didn't. Like you didn't mess with it like that. Yeah. I, I mean, they, they definitely canned it. So. We're going to have to come back for another podcast for that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, that, that's like I said, if you don't take nothing from me, man, take, you know, pay attention to the details. Um, have a certain level of professionalism. And where you start is not where you finish. Because, like I said, that class I mentioned, Betty Ground was, was damn it, I'm fly. Mm -hmm. You know, Tiny T was on fire. Like, it was so many people talking that talk. And, of course... I was talking it with him, but yeah. where I started is not where I, I'm not finished. But where you start is not where you finish, man. And wherever you light a candle is gonna shine. So if you you got something you're doing, you pursuing, find your way. And if you gotta even create your space, create it and and thrive in it and make it yours. Because uh, the only competition is yourself. Facts. Yeah. Because the work that matters is the work when nobody sees you. Mm -hmm. Like the quiet time. Like I get up at five thirty every morning. Mm -hmm. I meditate, pray, stretch. And then I work. I work before work. It's like, because it's certain things. And at night, I, I write down everything I have to do the next day. So an organization helps with that. Because as a creative, the creative mind doesn't stop. It's like, I wake up out, it of, my, doesn't. I wake up out of my sleep. And it's like, I got to write this down. Yeah. Or I can't mm -hmm. get this thought out of my head. It's like, it'll, it, it'll drive you crazy. Mm -hmm. But yeah. yeah, so being organized and that's against the professionalism and detail thing. And it's like, work smart, not hard, but it's there. And like I said, in today's, today's time, it's so many outlets and ways to accomplish it. Mm. You can get it done. And uh, yeah, man, just stay the course. And like I said, believe in yourself because you're going to have them ups and downs because you're either going to be coming out of something or going into something. Yeah, that's life. That's, that's, that's everything. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, man, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a journey. People say it's a journey. Enjoy it because you're going to look back one day and be like, man, I, I look at people like Rick Ross, mm. T.I., like these guys, we literally, we saw them start. 
Kanye, that genius documentary is crazy. Yeah, Isn't I enjoyed it? that. Yeah, and it's I like, actually went back and watched it about two weeks ago. I w- I watched that. I've watched it like one. I, it's on my watch every once in a while. Things mm. that and paid in full. I gotta watch paid in full at least <laughs> twice a year. <laughs> I don't know why. Paid in full kind of refreshes me. I got a little money-making Mitch in me. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Ten days. (laughs) I feel you. But I I feel like you made made such a... And we'll end it on this. You you are a perfect example and just like from the timeline that you've given us of continuing and enjoying the process of the evolution. Um, because you look at like the time frame when you started rapping and then like where you where you've evolved now, um, you know, and you think about your your counterparts, the people that you you know, from like the Betty Grinds, mm-hmm. all of y'all are, are perfect examples of continuing to evolve in the market that you are in now, that you found yourself in, um, from S dub changing himself around in that time frame yeah. to now he's three, to, you know, Betty Grind author you know writing books and like you know being more transparent in that situation you know coming a long way from the damn and i'll fly so like i said coming back to you being able to tap into different markets and it's crazy that we talked about the wrestling market where you're saying it's like a family base and you know you're you're in markets where it's all like a carnival family type of like base and Mm -hmm. i say that in a sense when you think about the carnival family it's a family that's like not the most popular, but they're close knit. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? They right. they have the odd people in that family. When you talk about a carnival kid, someone that's because I grew up, you know, they had the state fairs here, mm. not too far. Um, one in Kannapolis, and then they had the one in Raleigh. Um, I grew up with a, a carnival kid that stationed here in Charlotte for a while, and that family was like very mixed. You know, like in the sense of like he was almost like a military family in a sense because they were always on the road, but they were so close knit with the people that was in that community. Right. And you've tapped into different markets and communities that's very like that, very much so like that. Even when if you think about even how big hip hop has become, hip hop started like that. Mm-hmm. You know, hip hop was frowned upon and looked at as the outsider still to a degree is. Right. And so for you to touch all those markets to the person that you are. Um, I love it. It's dope, man. It's dope to see that. And it motivates me to be like, man, what markets can I tap into that I haven't even touched yet? Because right. like for, for you, you've showed me like, man, like even more of the thought pattern that I've already was thinking for you for, for this interview is just like really putting the initiative of doing that, right. seeing those markets that you, you know, you may be sleeping on that you're not even knowing about. Right. And I've had I had to get better about the social media aspect of it because we live in a day where if people don't see it, it didn't happen. Mm. And like I said, I was reaching out to La Russell, and I had to have something for him to see. So I can show you the proof, and I can show you this, and show you the experience, and then you can see, oh, I can do that, or mm. this does exist. You can track where people listen to your show. You may can't book a show here, but somebody seen some bread to go somewhere else. So you have to take that data, um, that information, and bet on yourself. I reached out to a convention yesterday. They had a guy, um, he double booked. And I have to fly to San Antonio Friday. Mm. Booked it last night, paid out of pocket for it, but I got to go. The opportunity was there. I asked, they responded. 
And it's like, I can't say, okay, well, no, I ain't ready. Because then that looks bad on me. Mm -hmm. I asked. I, I wasn't ready. I wasn't expecting a response, to be honest. <laughs> but I asked and I said, hey, they said come. I said, I'm going. So it's, it's out there, man. If you, you, you can, whatever you want to do, you can do. Like I said, with your podcast and your platform, man, you, um, you, you are very, it's not niche, but it's, it's for who it's for. Yeah. And what you do is you, you, you talk to interesting people. Mm. And there's one thing about Charlotte. Um, it's always been a city that had trendsetters. Mm. If Instagram was around during that 2003 to maybe 2010 era, mm. it'd be so many millionaires in Charlotte. Yeah. Because you had people who were ahead of their times. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times, like when you're ahead of the time, you see the curve, you don't want to do the work to rebuild what you already built. Because it was modeling agencies out here, it was photographers it was. everywhere. Yeah. It was it was people who were setting trends. I can go down a list, and you know maybe they've settled into their lives or whatever. But for me, it was never not do, because I never wanted to look back at myself and say I could have did that. And it's like I could have, I should have, but I, I never wanted to do that. So I never stopped. Because even during the pandemic, that's when I made it the, the, the album. Because I never stopped. And it was, um, Dice hit me up, my producer, and I'm going to stop talking after this. And he's like, somebody asked, like, like what's up with Archie? How did how he got the show? Like, how? how? Mm. He's like, he never stopped. Like, he never stopped. Then he's like, man, people calling me asking for Archie Carter type beats. I'm like, <laughs> it ain't no Archie Carter type beat. Because mm. we're still creating this thing, but. Never stop. That's like ducks, man. When you see ducks floating on top of the water, their feet constantly moving. <laughs> yeah. You don't see that. You just mm, see the ducks. They look mad calm on top. Yeah, man, but you don't stop moving. And eventually, man, something's going to happen. It's like the bamboo tree stays on the ground for five, six years, man. Then that thing busts through and it live, outlives us. But mm. don't stop and, and do the work. Yeah. Do and be be prepared for the opportunities you ask for because somebody's gonna call your bluff one day. Yeah, and so mm -hmm. you can't say I do this, then they say, "Okay, come do it." And you're like, yep. uh, mm -hmm. "Somebody gonna call your bluff? Somebody gonna say, Titus, come come host this, come come do this live broadcast at such and such." Mm -hmm. You gotta say, "Hey, let's pack these mics up, <laughs> <laughs> let's go." But you gotta mm -hmm. be ready because guess what? It's gonna come around. Mm -hmm. That everybody's famous for 15 minutes saying is a real saying because it's real. And it's going to come around and you're going to get your turns. You got to be ready for it. Stay diligent and don't stop. Because if I had stopped, I wouldn't have been talking to you today. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And if I didn't bet on myself and say, hey, I'm going to do this and do it, I wouldn't be talking to you. But I'm here. And I'm glad I am, man. I enjoyed speaking to you. We covered a lot of things. We did, Pretty man. sure I'm going to look back at this and be like, I don't remember even saying that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, man. And, uh. Yeah, I appreciate you having me come through, man. Man, I appreciate you coming, man. It's been a dope conversation. I want to continue the conversation, honestly. We got to have you back for sure. You know, the conversation was very organic, and, um, you know, we've touched. It flew by. We touched so many different aspects of your life to where I was just like, I looked down, I was like, dang. <laughs> KB was giving me the signals of the time frame, the time stamps, and I was like, dang, like, it don't feel like we've been talking that long. But um, yeah, that's ever, what a good conversation will do to you. And so we definitely got to have you back, man, because yeah, there's so many different topics we can touch. Want me to come back and really deep dive into the radio aspect of things and 
the the uh, marketing side of things. If you want to have those conversations, we definitely can. You know. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. I want I want to have you back just to touch bases on all this. Stuff, yeah, and bro. if it's something yeah. I can help you mm-hmm. with, man, let me know. Um, again, like I said, I don't have a problem spreading the knowledge. That's what we here if for. It's people who I want to see win and thrive. And if you got a platform that that I can even add to. I'll add to it, and I don't want nothing from it. You know what I'm saying? I just want to see people do good and win. So mm. That's what it's all about, man. Be blessed to be a blessing, bro. Archie, I appreciate you coming, dude. Um, if you don't mind giving people your, your socials, way to get in contact with you, ways to look at your um, your materials and, and all that stuff. Uh, 24hourkarateschool.net is the website. Uh, at the Archie Carter, T-H-E-A-R-C-H-I-E-C-A-R-T-E-R. Is the Instagram, uh, YouTube backslash 24-Hour Karate School, the number two, the number four. Um, it's Archie Carter everything, man. Um, we got a lot of things coming up the pipe with the music. Got into some business with NASCAR. Um, so a lot of things happening, man. And, um, yeah, it's the Archie Carter everything, 24-Hour Karate School, half cake media, coverage and knowledge every day. And that's what it is. Dope, dope, man. I love it, dude. Thank you for coming, brother. This is As of Late. Thanks for listening to As of Late Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Spotify. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. You can listen to As of Late Podcast on both of those. You can also listen to As of Late Podcast on Anchor.fm and Google Podcasts.